Coaches, what is up? Welcome to Keep Your Pads Down, where we are back after over oof, a, a month off and ready to bring you episode number 148. Uh, look, if you are new to this podcast, we are in season four of the show. And this season, we are slowing down our pace uh, with the release of our episodes. In past seasons, we've released one every week. Uh, this is uh, actually our first episode of the month. Uh, for the month of March and the fourth of season four. So definitely slowing things down. Um, but today's episode is extra special because I welcome on two of my former players uh, in University of Arkansas defensive end, Landon Jackson and Indiana University defensive tackle, Marcus Burris, and get to sit down and talk with them and catch up a little bit. And, and so just really excited for you to hear our conversation. But before we get to that, uh, my, my, my discussion with Landon and Marcus today, I do want to make sure that I tell you a little bit about our sponsors for this season of KYPD, beginning with the guys over at Our Coaching Network. Our Coaching Network is a football coaching platform that connects coaches from all levels and helps them get better every week. Our Coaching Network has live clinics going off usually a couple nights a week and will have hours of high-quality live coaching clinics this year with each week's clinics added to a library that can be referred back to at any time in the future. So get on over there, create your account today. Subscriptions are super affordable. You can sign up for a free week and you can cancel at any time. Start connecting with and learning from coaches all across the country today with our coaching network. Next up, coaches, if you're looking for a way to promote the awesome things going on within your athletic program this spring, then you got to check out what's going on at GoEdit Graphics. GoEdit Graphics allows any coach to create custom graphics from their library of templates in a matter of minutes by changing the colors, text, and images to make it their own. They offer categories like game day, scoring, player profiles, and communication, to name a few. The platform is easy, it's super affordable, and no design skills are needed. GoEdit Graphics is a great way to showcase all your sports and athletes, and subscriptions are for 12 months and include unlimited graphics. Highlight your athletes with custom-made graphics in less than two minutes with GoEdit Graphics. Okay, so we're talking with Landon and Marcus today, and this is an episode that, you know, they don't know it, but I've had in the works for a while now. But, of course, I wanted to give these guys a couple years to get away from high school and, and establish themselves at the next level and give them an opportunity to, you know, experience some things and then bring them on and have them share with us. So that's what we, that's what we do today. Now, I had the privilege of coaching both of these guys, as I mentioned, uh, their final two years of high school. I got the defensive line job here at Pleasant Grove uh, during the, the spring of 2019. And at that time, uh, PG was coming off of two straight state championship appearances, uh, winning us a, a title in 2017. And they were headed into the 2019 season ranked number one in the state in 4A Division II. Um, but honestly, when I was presented with the opportunity to come to come up here that spring, I was I was hesitant at first. For for one, it was already in the middle of May. There were maybe like two weeks of school left, and so that was going to be kind of tricky. And that's a hard time of year to move. Uh, secondly, we were living about seven hours away from Texarkana, where where Pleasant Grove is at the time, and really happy there. And so so moving was just going to be a huge undertaking for us. On top of that, my wife was six months pregnant, and, and you know at the time not too fired up about the possibility of moving across the state in the middle of the summer. But when talking with the coaches up here, you know, Coach Gibson, our uh, athletic director and head football coach here at Pleasant Grove, he sent me a picture of these two guys, Landon and Marcus, uh, who I thought must have been 
you know, like college seniors at that point. But um, it was a picture of them on, on their visit to Alabama earlier that spring. And he tells me, hey, these are the guys, these guys in this picture are going to be your position group and they're only going to be juniors. So suddenly all those hesitancies I had about moving up to that point, let's just say we were uh, able to smooth those over and uh, did make the move up here, fortunately. And I did get to coach Landon and Marcus and you know, feel extremely blessed to have had that privilege and just witnessed their growth and maturation uh, into the awesome young men that they are today. Uh, anyway, so before we get to our conversation with these guys, let me tell you first a little bit about them, beginning with Landon. So Landon started out his career at LSU where he played in five games before transferring to Arkansas in January of 2022. This past season, Landon played in 13 games for the Razorbacks and started seven. He totaled 23 tackles, one forced fumble, three sacks during the season, and also had a uh, field goal block uh, this season as well. Uh, coming out of high school, Landon was a consensus. Uh, coming out of high school, Landon was a consensus four-star prospect by 24/7 Sports, Rivals, and ESPN, and rated the number seven defensive lineman nationally and the number 19 prospect in the state of Texas by 24/7 Sports. Uh, he was also ranked the nation's number 76 prospect in the class of 2021 by ESPN. In high school, Landon racked up over 45 sacks in his high school career, including 17 in 2019 as a junior. Uh, also as a junior, he was named the Texas Sports Writers Association 4A Defensive Player of the Year, Max Prep's first-team All-American, and helped the uh, Pleasant Grove Hawks for a 4A Division II state championship, as I already mentioned. As a sophomore, Landon was a unanimous first-team All-District selection before suffering a season-ending knee injury that kept him out of the uh, state championship game that year. As a freshman, uh, Landon broke the sack record uh, here at Pleasant Grove and was named a, a District 7 4A Division II Defensive Newcomer of the Year uh, en route to helping the Hawks uh, win their first ever state championship there in 2017. As for Marcus, he chose Texas A&M out of high school where he redshirted in the 2021 season for the Aggies before playing as a reserve defensive tackle in 2022 where he appeared in nine games. Uh, in January, Marcus transferred to Indiana University, where he looks to have an immediate impact on the defensive line there for the Hoosiers. In high school, Marcus was a consensus four-star recruit per ESPN, 24-7 sports, and rivals. He was rated a top 185 prospect nationally by ESPN, rivals, and 24-7 sports, a consensus top 20 defensive lineman by ESPN, rivals, and 24-7 sports, and tabbed a top 30 prospect in Texas by all three recruiting services. Marcus helped Pleasant grow to 2017 and 2019 4A Division II state championship titles, and he was the defensive MVP of the 2019 state championship game. Today, Landon, Marcus, and I talk about their days in high school as highly coveted prospects, and you know, I ask them about the things that they might have done differently if they had to do it all over again. You know, that was, uh, if you remember, uh, that was the, the the spring of their junior year, which is a crucial time for for recruits, that was during the lockdown uh, of COVID. So they couldn't go out and, and make all these trips and take all these visits that they had lined up. So it was really a difficult time for them. So we got to talk about that and how that impacted their decision. Uh, we then also talked about the transfer process and just the the scariness of that and how they you know navigated that, that process and uh, the injuries that impacted their senior seasons and then things they've learned about playing defensive line on the Division One level. So all of that and a whole lot more. So let's get to it. 
Here is Landon Jackson and Marcus Burris on episode number 148 of Keep Your Pads Down. Landon and, and Marcus, man, I have been looking forward to this one for a long time. So thank you guys for taking some time out of your schedule to uh, join me here on the uh, on the podcast tonight. Sir, thank you for having us on. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's we'll, we'll jump right into this thing. Landon, you guys are in the middle of spring ball, getting ready to go on spring break uh, next week. Marcus, uh, you guys are on spring break, and and so you got you know got a little bit of time to unwind. So. We'll just start with you, Marcus. Um, just kind of give us a little update on how things are going. And, and I'll just, you know, I already mentioned this in the opener. Both of you guys are, are 2020 graduates uh, of Pleasant Grove, you know, are now both playing in college. Marcus at Indiana and landed at Arkansas. Uh, Marcus, you've been at Indiana for, I guess, a couple months now. So just kind of give us an update on how things are going there and, and what it's been like up there for you so far. Man, it's been crazy cold to start off with. And the weather of his crazy different than it is in Texas for sure. Like we getting snow, all that. So that had that, that took some time to get adjusted to. But other than that, man, I've been I've been enjoying my time here. Uh having a great time with the team, the coaches. We started spring ball last week. So that was my first time really, you know, kind of getting in the mix and on the field with everybody. So uh but yeah, it's been fun, man. Uh I think I made the best decision that I possibly could have made. I'm loving it here so far. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because, you know, obviously most of these guys know you started out at A&M. That's where you committed out of high school and, and were there for a couple of years and now have uh, transferred to Indiana. Um, I, I got to ask this. How's the how's the Cadillac holding up to the snow? Oh, yeah, it's doing good. It's doing better. <laughs> it would, but hey, it's getting through there for sure. <laughs> <clears throat> so besides the weather, like what's been the biggest culture shock for you? Um, from Texarkana, Texas to Bloomington, Indiana, what's what's been the biggest, I guess, thing you've had to adjust to? Uh, I guess just just the fact that the whole city of Bloomington by itself, I mean, it's a lot of difference. You know, buildings on top of each other in Bloomington. School is kind of in a downtown area, so it's a lot more jam-packed than it is in Texarkana where we got a lot more space. But, you know, other than that, just me being me, Coming into Bloomington, it's been good so far. I know, uh, you know, kind of a homebody. You know, you like being close to home, like being around your family. So has that been tough for you being so far away? Uh, I think since I've gotten older, I think I'm kind of just, to, you know, doing my, own, doing my own thing, getting away from my moms, you know, Rico, my dog. It's been it's been good. I, I'm doing a lot better than I thought I would for sure. And, so yeah, it's been good. Yeah. All right. So Landon, um, we were talking before we hit record here. Uh, you guys are kind of, you know, spring balls in in, in full swing. Uh, and um y'all are have a new defensive coordinator there and, and it's it's kind of opened some things up for you uh as far as positionally and and you know in a in a new look defense for for you guys. Um so just talk to us about that, what that's been like. Um, you know, you had a uh, got to a lot a lot of playing time this last year and now. Um, going into, uh, I guess this is year number two at Arkansas. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, year number two. Uh, just give us an update on how things are going up there for you. 
Uh, it's going great. I mean, just building a stronger relationship with the coaches and everything. And I mean, over getting to know our DC more and more by the day. And I'm, I mean, I like the way it's being ran right now. We've already put in about, I want to say two or three different packages. And uh, I feel like I fit in pretty well into them. So, I mean, just working hard and at this level, nothing's guaranteed. You always, you got to earn your spot every day. So really just trying to stay in the mix and, have a great season. So this is your second spring at Arkansas after after transferring from from LSU. What's this spring been like? Compare this spring to last spring when you come in and you're kind of a new guy and trying to find your spot and you know that sort of thing. Now you have a year of playing under your belt. So what's what's this spring been like compared to last spring? I'd say this spring having some time under my belt. Um, my coach is like stressed me quite a bit that I need to make sure I'm continuing to try taking on more of that leadership role with the D-line. And, I mean, coming out to practice with a good mindset every day, keeping everybody up and ready to get to work because our biggest thing is, I mean, just having a better season than we had last year because there was three games that – three I think it was three games that were each, – each one of those games were three points. We lost by three points or less. So those are games that are two, three plays, and it's a whole different – story to our season so we're just trying to over overcome that and I mean get a better record than we had this past season yeah absolutely and and I, again I gotta imagine you know having last year and being able to go through last year and get to play a lot and, and be in a lot of those big time games um and 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 the big time moments of those games I think back of watching you guys in your bowl game um you know one of the uh one of the better bowl games for sure of the bowl season and then you know obviously you know, games like the A&M game or the Alabama game, that which we actually got to come and watch. You know, all those things were all those all those games were invaluable as far as experience for you and for your team. So what's the um, you know, we got a lot of obviously got a lot of, a lot of Razorback fans in this area. So what's the uh, the mood like of the team and 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 just the uh, the feeling going into uh, into this spring? I think overall this spring, our team became become a lot closer. And, uh, I mean, we're working to get together a lot better. And, I mean, these the coaches, they're pushing us a whole lot harder, I feel like, than we previously have been pushed because our whole mindset is we got to do things a lot better than we did this past. I mean, just like in high school, if we have a year that we're not too happy about, we're going to push harder this next spring and summer to make it as good as we can have it, you know? So, I mean, that's our biggest thing, just – continuing to grind every day and don't come in into the facility with a negative mindset and just leave everything outside. And when you're in there, just get to work and better yourself. Yeah. It's uh it's funny that, you know, no matter where you are, whether, you know, Arkansas or Indiana or Pleasant Grove or, or just fill in the blank that, you know, with you guys, you know, Obviously, there's a there's a, a larger spotlight on you than than high school kids or you know any you know than other maybe high school programs, but it's the same stuff, right? It's the same deal that it's the same things that that ultimately you got to push that stuff aside and and come to work every day with a positive attitude and with with a with the growth mindset and and you know the mindset that you're going to work and get better. So let's talk now. Let's go back, um, kind of and, and talk about your backgrounds a little bit. And just how this whole thing with football got started, because I know, um, especially for my man Marcus, that football wasn't always the, um, you know, maybe 
on the top of his list as far as things that he wanted to do. So, Marcus, we'll start with you. Talk to us a little bit about your background growing up, how you got introduced to football, and I guess really when you first fell in love with the game of football. So I started playing football around, I want to say, first grade. I have been playing basketball, you know, my whole life, like since I was eligible to play sports. So basketball was that that thing that I was, you know, in love with, especially throughout, you know, elementary, middle school. Uh, so I guess I kind of fell in love with the sport when I got to high school and got under Gibson, that whole coaching staff, and uh, they kind of showed me, showed me how football. It was it was a different kind of love in the locker room than football, and uh, that's really what won me over. Before anything was, you know, coming to coming to practice every day, you know, those relationships I had with those guys, even with them being older. That kind of changed the whole game for me. That that uh, that showed me that that was a whole different, whole different situation going on, on the field. And then obviously, of course, you know, start getting recognized, start getting offers. Like it's kind of hard to turn some of that stuff down, you know. So yeah. When do you first remember thinking, "All right, I may actually be pretty good at this, or I can do this"? Ah. Uh... Oh, that's a good question. Uh, definitely not, not before I got to high school. Cause I don't know if you you heard, but in middle school, like we was bad. We was we was real bad. I think we only won what three, four games the whole time we was in middle school. So I say in high school, you know, that that seventeen season, we all went undefeated. Like I just saw that that it was possible, and it never really was about I could do this. It was more so like, all right, we can do this. Like you know. We just want to stay. We can go do it again. We can go do it again. And and once I put that team goal first, I mean that that single that that individual goal kind of came on by itself. So I'll ask Landon the same question, but I'll ask you too. So what what is your earliest me- uh, memory of Landon? Like when do you first remember like meeting him or or kind of you know I guess first interaction with him? Ooh, that's a good way. When did you move over to PG landing? Was it? I think it was first grade, actually. First or third? Yeah. Oh, we had we had class together in third grade. Yeah. That was our, our first. Time. <laughs> we was, we was in class together, man. And uh, I think the what what kind of caught my eye about Landon is like the whole time I had been the tallest kid in the school. You know, Landon finally came over and and he was, I want to say he was taller than me at the time. So that kind of forced us to be friends. We was the two tallest kids in the grade. So <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm sure. When y'all came through the cafeteria line, there probably wasn't a whole lot left over after you two guys went through. So, Marcus, yeah, obviously, you know, you get to high school, and I know, you know, there's a reason why I'm asking these questions because I know when you guys were in middle school, y'all weren't very good. And let's just be real, I don't think you were very good because I still think you had you had some hoop dreams going on in middle school. And uh, but you know, I think um, it happened before I got got there because you were rolling when I got there. But um, you know, the, the the switch flipped at some point in high school, and and it really kind of came one of those things like, hey, I can, I can, I'm actually really good at this, and and you know, can can excel at this, and and so that's always fun when when you see people get that and that light comes on. Um, who do you kind of credit? It's like, you know, people being influences in your life growing up and maybe people that sort of helped you along the way. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about Coach Gibson and, and some of those coaches. But I, so I guess aside from from coaches, who are some people who really influenced you as a kid? As a child, uh, definitely start off with my mom's. You know, she don't really just come off as the 
you know, the the sports fanatic, but she was always someone that was in my ear, in my head. You got to do this better. You got to do that better. Go outside, shoot some free throws. Go outside, you know, uh, getting your three point stance. Like it was always those little things that she kept on repeating, making me do that. That eventually kind of clicked over and uh, helped me on the court and on the field. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my mom's number one on that for sure. And outside of her, just family and friends, you know, you always got that family support. And then I don't think I ever surrounded myself about, with friends that didn't want to see me, you know, grow and shine. And I felt the same way about them. So just surrounding yourself with the right people for sure. And then the family part, of, of course. So Landon, um, you moved over from, well, okay, you moved to, to PG in first grade, you said? Oh, third grade. Third grade. Okay. But your mom graduated from Pleasant Grove. Yeah. Right. So just talk to us about your, uh, you know, your background and and uh, just how you got introduced to football and, and all that, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I started playing football, I want to say in. I think second grade was my first year of uh, tackle and it started with PGYA and, my, you know, Leighton, my older brother, he was playing and everything. They made this they had this rule that. Well, like I'd be able to play up since my brother was on the team, so I decided I wanted to I wanted to go ahead and play. And uh, I mean, after that first year, I fell in love with football, and that's always been my thing since I was young. And uh, I mean, growing up, I've always played basketball as well, because really just because kind of got thrown into it, being the tallest guy. But I mean, kind of grew a love for basketball as well. But football's always been my main thing. And then uh, in high schools, whenever I I really got a good idea that this is something that I want to do. And I just really enjoy doing it every day. And I could, I would love to be able to get my school paid for to do this, rather it be at the division one, division two, Juco, anything like that. I just knew I wanted to play college ball after that freshman season. And then, I mean, surely enough after that year, I mean, I want to say come January is when the offers started rolling in. And then that's whenever I was like, man, I, all these dreams are coming true. So, all right. So, I'll ask you the same question I asked Marcus. What was your uh, earliest memory of Marcus when you first kind of remember getting to know him? I'd say third grade, too. I mean, like you said, I mean, we had class together and we weren't the, we weren't the best kids for our, our third grade teacher. You know, uh, Grayson Taylor, his mom was our teacher in first grade. And I just remember that's always causing problems in her class and everything. And I mean, just having a good time. So, yeah. So obviously you guys were uh, terrorizing teachers before you started terrorizing opposing uh, quarterbacks and offensive lines. Uh, so that's cute. That's a, that's a good little story there. So uh, you get into high school and, and y'all talked about it, you know, y'all weren't very good in middle school, which is like, we, we still use you guys as an example whenever we're talking to middle school kids. Um, but that's kind of hard to believe, hard to fathom. But you guys get into high school, and Landon, you talked about it. I think it was your freshman year after you guys won one state, and you broke the sack record for a freshman, or or I got the sack record here at Pleasant Grove um, as a freshman. And and uh, you know, obviously, you know, coaches are going to see that and see your height and and athleticism, and and so offers start coming. And Marcus, you being you know the size you are at that age, and and you know you you start getting attention too. So let, let's talk about just that recruiting process and what that was kind of like. And, and, and we mentioned beforehand, you know, before we started 
recording this that you know it was really unique for you guys because your senior year you were dealing with COVID. So you didn't get to get to take some of those. I'm sorry, your junior year after after that your junior season dealing with COVID. So you didn't get to take a lot of those visits and go on these junior days like guys are now. So Marcus, I know that um, the recruiting stuff, you know, you weren't always super comfortable with it and and didn't necessarily enjoy all the aspects of it. Just talk about what that was like for you, that, that whole recruiting process and, um, you know, what, what that was, some things you learned from that process. Uh, definitely. It was obviously a blessing. Like, no matter how, you know, awkward I felt, you know, talking to a coach or, or visiting the school, it was, it was a, bl- a blessing just to have that opportunity, you know, had that opportunity uh, to get my school paid for, which is a lot of people don't get the chance to do. That was really my biggest thing, like, you know, being surrounded by, you know, a team at PG where not everybody's getting that attention. Like, it was a humbling experience for sure. Like, obviously, you want everybody on your team to eat. But in, the, you know, the world we live in, that's not how it's going to go. So it, it definitely opened my eyes to a lot. It, it showed me how lucky and how blessed I truly am to, you know, go through some stuff like that. So, for sure. Do you remember what your or who your first offer was? I do. It was it was Texas State. It was the uh, I want to say me and Atlanta got called at the same time and uh, got called up to Gibson off at the same time. And uh, I remember Coach Mateos making some type of joke. I can't remember exactly what he said. He was like, you guys seem like y'all do everything together, so you know y'all gonna get offered together. And I think I think Atlanta had already had offers by the time. That being my first one, you know, that changed my whole, like, my whole day at school. I was ready to go home, give my mom a hug, like, forget school. Like, I just got some good news. So, yeah, Texas State was the first ones to, you know, pull the trigger on me. So, yeah, that changed the game. Yeah, I can, you know, obviously I didn't have this experience, you know, of of being a, a big-time recruit. But I can just imagine, and I see it with our guys now that we have now, that, that the it's always, you know, that first one, those first couple are super exciting. But then it kind of just becomes almost, and this sounds bad, but sort of like, oh yeah, I got, I picked up Houston today, you know, or I picked up a, you know, um, a Memphis offer, and and this is that's nothing, you know, against any of those schools, but like at some point, it kind, you kind of lose that, that um, I guess excitement part of it, which, you know, you got to fight against because, like you said, Marcus, you know, it's a it's a big time blessing that when you guys are a part of a very small. Uh, percentage of of players who get that kind of attention. Um, so Landon, for you, you know, you talked about it, it was kind of after your freshman year, uh, things started picking up. Do you remember your first offer and sort of your thoughts or, or just about the recruiting process in general? Yes. Uh, my first offer, it was Texas A&M. It was at the end of that January after my freshman season. And it was just, I mean, extremely exciting and, it made my dad's whole whole week, year, whatever you want to call it, because that's where he played at. So it was just super exciting. It was great getting to know that. Uh, I mean, I I'll get my I can get my school paid for it to play a sport that I love. And then throughout the recruiting process, one thing I wish I did differently was, like you said, you know how you said it kind of turned to a process with getting offers and kind of like, oh yeah, I picked up this today, I picked up this today. I wish I fully just sat down and enjoyed it you know and didn't think of it as like a hassle having to respond to coaches this and that instead of I mean I wish I just sat down and thought of it as like man I'm blessed to be able to 
sit here and be in this opportunity when kids are having to go and take out student loans and pay 60, 60, 70 grand to go to college. And I, I just wish I fully like enjoyed the whole process more. Yeah. And that's interesting, Landon, because, you know, again, I, and I'm sure we're to an, an extent with you guys, you know, a coach is calling you and wanting you to come to this and wanting you to go to that and wanting to do this and wanting to commit and wanting to give them some, you know, some kind of answer about what you're thinking. I'm, I'm sure that does get really draining and it's a lot to handle for a 15, 16, 17 year old kid. But Landon, obviously you have a, a brother, you know, who's on our team now, who's kind of going through that same, that he's in that same process. You know, he's a sophomore and um, obviously a, a really, uh, you know, big time recruit. What advice do you give him as far as handling this recruiting process? And, you know, maybe some things that, 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 you know, you, you try to get him to understand that, that you didn't understand going through it. That's honestly the, like what I just said, that's probably the basic, biggest advice I, I gave him before his offer started picking up. And I can kind of tell he kind of took that advice and ran with it because I mean, every time he picks one up, he calls, he call he first texts me and my parents in a group chat, like excited about it and everything. They'll give me a call and you can still see that he's pretty amped up about it. Not just thinking of it as, Oh yeah. TCU just offered me today. Yeah, Baylor just offered me today. Instead, he's calling excited, like, man, I need to go take a trip, this and that. I, mean, I want to go see it. And, I mean, build a better relationship with these coaches. So, I mean, I kind of think – I think he's doing it. I think he's doing the recruiting process a lot better than I did it. And I, I just continue to try and teach him more and more every day in that aspect. And that's understandable, too, and that's why you're such a big – asset for him because you know he doesn't have to blaze the trail right he can he can learn from your mistakes or from the things that you did right and 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 he has the benefit of someone who's not that far removed um, from where he is right now I mean really honestly like he got his first offer you got your first offer when you were you were a freshman I think he got his first offer his uh right before he finished eighth grade I think it was from UTSA or something like that and so y'all's y'all's trajectories are very similar. And, and so that's that's an awesome thing, obviously, for him to to be able to use you as a resource. Marcus, if you could go back uh, to that time, are there is there anything you would do differently or anything you might tell yourself that, you know, to, to you know, maybe pay attention to or, or something you might have wished you would have done? Or, or maybe there's something that you did that you were glad you did. What talk to us about that? Uh, I think my biggest thing is, you know, I got a great opportunity to, you know, commu communicate with some of the you know, top coaches in the country. And I do feel like I took that for granted in areas, you know, uh, those relationships going to come in, come in handy one day. And, you know, I kind of burnt some of the bridges with some of the coaches just simply because, you know, I wasn't interested in going to that school, which what I should have did was, you know, build that relationship, build, you know, sort of a trust, even though, even if I wasn't going to that school, just in case, you know, somewhere down the road, like that guy's in the NFL one day, you know, he recruited me out of high school. He might want me to come play for his NFL team as well. So just those little things like that, <clears throat> keeping those relationships, I kind of regret uh, not doing. Yeah, you know, but that's, again, you're you're a 16, 17-year-old kid, you know, kind of dealing with this thing and 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 sort of learning by, by you know, trial and error. But, you know, that's, that's something that you hear coaches talk about all the time. I mean, I've experienced that on this podcast. And there's guys that I've had on this podcast three or four years ago when this thing started, who were either high, there, there's, there's guys that were high school coaches 
that are now Division One coaches. You know, I had them on when they were a high school coach, Texas high school coach. There's actually multiple uh, examples of those guys. There's some that were small school college coaches, and now they're they're big time Division One coaches or whatever. You know, maybe they were a position coach, and now they're a head coach at a at a smaller school. But you just never know. You know what that relationship, what that's going to turn into, or who you're talking to. You know, he may be at at, at Tyler Junior College today. And and maybe at Texas A and M in two years, something like that. I mean, that's that's very uh, very possible. So I think that's great advice for guys now. Like, you know, you get an offer from a Division two school or a D one AA or you know a, a group of five uh, school. That's a big deal, and and you got to make sure that you take that seriously and treat those coaches the same way as you would you know a coach from Alabama or something like that because you just never know what's going to happen there. All right, so you guys uh, also both of you. Uh, went through the well. I, actually, let, let me back up before I ask you about the transfer part. I want to talk about how you finally landed on the school that you initially picked because, again, both of those are those are I think really interesting stories. Because as I talked about, that was the spring of where everyone is. We're, we're shut down. We're in COVID, um, and and so you guys end up both making making decisions about that land, and you decided first. So, Landon, we'll, we'll, I'll ask you like. You, you you initially picked LSU out of high school. Talk about how you arrived at that decision and, and um, you know, what went into that. I'd say the biggest thing that I did was I fell in love with, I fell in love with the coaching staff instead of a school, you know, and that's the biggest advice I give to Lance to not, not fully fall in love with that staff. Cause little do you know, I mean, even if I transferred to Arkansas, which the whole reason I transferred here was because I knew this is the place I'd be happy at no matter who's coaching here. But, I mean, even whenever I came here, I transferred here, and then within two weeks, I had a whole different defensive line coach. So that's my biggest thing is just, I mean, I fit, like with LSU, I just fell in love with the staff and don't want to talk too much about it, but with COVID, I didn't really get an opportunity to take as many visits as I wish I could have, which I think kind of screwed me over because I didn't really know. I mean, I've been, I went to LSU one time before that, so I haven't really met with the people a whole lot in person. I mean, so my biggest thing would be don't just fall in love with the coaches because they could be gone the next day. Yeah, and and again, in your defense, LSU was was fresh off a national championship. Yeah, they had all the they had all those guys. We're all sitting at home watching the draft because there's nothing else going on, right? All those dudes uh, yeah. getting drafted in the first round, so they were hot. I mean, that's a that's that's a totally understandable thing to, to, you know, want to go with those guys. And, and um, so um, obviously it didn't work out there for you and, and, and you transferred over to Arkansas. We'll talk about that decision here in a second and just what went into that, because, you know, that's a, uh, that can be a scary thing for sure. And a lot of guys end up getting themselves in trouble doing that. But Marcus, let's talk about you. So you, you choose A&M out of, uh, out of high school. So what went into that decision? How did you arrive at that decision to, to go, go with A&M? Uh, <clears throat> I feel like COVID really did, you know, kind of screw my class over as far as, you know, having to pick a college to go to for the next possible four years. But uh, I'm not saying that I regret, you know, picking A&M. Like, I feel like I did pick the right the right place at the time. Uh, I'm happy I went there. I learned a lot of lessons, you know, met a lot of people, still got relationships with coaches and everything. But, uh, yeah, I feel like I, I, was, I don't want to say this, but, then again, I do feel like it came down to me being pressured to make that decision just because, you know, I hadn't been out there. 
Like I visit A and M more than I visit any other school besides maybe Texas. And uh, I know it came down to Texas, and then A and M, and then OU. Which I had never really got an official visit to OU, so it's really between Texas and uh, Texas A and M. So uh, yeah, I feel like man, that COVID really messed it up. Not saying that I regret it, but I do feel like a safety choice for me just because, you know, we weren't getting to experience the whole recruiting process. Yeah, and also I think there's the aspect too, and and I remember kind of, you know, with with you, Marcus, and and Landon, is that, you know, it's kind of, um, I'm sure it's a little unnerving that you're a 17-year-old kid and you have these 40-something-year-old men coming at you and and putting pressure on you and and it's not just the coaches i mean it's the fan bases and it's it's the people that you know that mean well whether it's in your family or in your circle of friends and and they have opinions and um you know and you don't want to you don't want to disappoint anybody and you don't want to disappoint you know that coach has been working hard for two years recruiting you and you know it's hard to tell that person no and 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 so i i understand all that and that can be a really tough thing um and so, Marcus, since since you just recently did transfer, let's talk about that. And you don't have to actually go into the details about it, but just what what advice would you give to guys who are maybe in a, a spot where they you know are considering transferring or looking around and looking at possible places? Like, what what would be some advice you would give them? You know, uh, <clears throat> starting off like understand why you're transferring, like. Not throwing shots, but you know, there's guys in the portal right now that, that are transferring for the wrong reason, whether that be, you know, money or somebody did something wrong on the team or anything like that. Like, understand, like, my whole thing with transferring was, you know, go somewhere where I feel like I can, I'm used the best. Like, they bring the best out of me on and off the field. And that's what, what came down for me choosing Indiana. Like, it wasn't about the money, it wasn't about the NIO, it wasn't about none of that. I wanted to go somewhere where, I could be uh the pull the best could be pulled out of me on the field and off the field. And uh, you know, Coach Allen, Coach Randolph, they do a great job with uh doing that here. So yeah, my biggest thing is understand why and uh do it for the right reason, you know, because if I'm being honest, that's that's the last chance you got. You know, after you hit that portal the first time, it's not not too much opportunity after that. So you gotta make the best of it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I know again. Um, like you talked about, we see it all the time and, and I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I know that, you know, more guys are stuck in that thing or get in trouble going into that than, 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 than you guys are, are really kind of the exception, you know, um, that it, it, it doesn't always work out as well, uh, you know, for, for guys who, who hop in there. But yeah, I, I, you know, obviously I know both of your stories and circumstances and why you, why you made that decision. And I think those were both really wise decisions. I know they weren't knee-jerk decisions by either one of you. And so, um, Lana, we'll talk about w- with, with your case, um, you know, what what went into that? And, again, what advice would you give to people maybe considering transferring or, you know, maybe if they're not happy where they are, but they just need to stick with it and stick it out? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd honestly say my biggest thing was just my happiness and then that coaching change as well kind of topped it off. But I just I just knew I wasn't – Super happy down there. I'm a big, I mean, have to be around. Like, I like I like having family close, you know. And I just know up here I got an uncle that lives 20 minutes up the road. My mom comes up here quite often. And then I got 
all my cousins go to school here as well. So my big thing was my happiness. And I knew I couldn't be happy down there. And so I just had to get somewhere closer. And I just felt like it was the best move for me. Yeah. And so obviously now, uh, again, both of you guys are doing great where you are. And, and uh, you know, of course, Landon, you know, already, you know, kind of kind of rock and rolling there at Arkansas and Marcus starting to fit in and, and make your mark there. So let's go back to playing at Pleasant Grove. Um, you guys are both, you know, mentioned him, alluded to him, but Coach Gibson uh, obviously was was your head coach. Uh, you guys were coming through. I think he got here. Y'all were in middle school. Is that is that correct when he got here? Um, and so just talk about some things. You know, obviously we're all biased, but, um, you know, Pleasant Grove is and is an unbelievable program, and and we are all uh, better because we've been a part of it and blessed to be a part of it. And you guys, to me, are are those type of guys that that we'll talk about and use as examples for 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 now and forever, as long as they're playing football here at Pleasant Grove. Because not just because of the, the athletes that you were, but because of how you guys conducted yourselves and carried yourselves and and poured into your teammates and and poured back into this community, and and really. Uh, just just made a big impact while you were here. So just talk about some of those things. And Lana, we'll start with you. Just some of the things that you learned uh, while playing football here at Pleasant Grove and how how you use those lessons today now uh, now being up there in Arkansas. I mean, one thing I'll stand by for the longest is Pleasant Grove has had a few athletes, this and that, but the, the biggest reason there's so much success going through that program still to this day would be based off y'all's coaching staff. I mean, y'all, y'all make y'all turn players into better men, better people. And I think overall that that allows the players to grow closer together. And that was always our thing, because even me and Marcus's sophomore year, we didn't have nearly as many athletes as the teams we were playing, but we we're still beating these teams by 20 and 30. And I guarantee you that's strictly because of just how close we were, the brotherhood we had and how much we cared about each other, you know? I mean, I wanted to go out there and go my hardest every play because I know Marcus is out there doing the same thing and Cam's out there doing the same thing. And I'm not going to let them down. And I'm not going to expect them to go 100 if I'm not going to go 100. So I'd say the biggest thing is just me trying to bring all those uh, qualities with me here and just have that same mindset here. Like, I'm not going to expect these guys that I'm playing with right now to do this and that if I'm not going to sit here and do it, you know? So I'd say that's the biggest thing. And then overall with y'all's coaching staff, I mean, I think there's no other coaching staff that I would have preferred play for throughout high school. And I know a lot of those guys that are playing for y'all right now wouldn't want to be anywhere else either. So, I mean, I just, I, still to this day, I, I, I want to thank y'all every chance I can because Y'all have turned me and Marcus into the the men that we are today, and I'll be I'll forever be grateful for that. Well, yeah, and and I, I want to bring up something, Landon, that that and and I'll I'll I have something for Marcus too, but that that always sticks out when I, when I think about you know our time together and and you being here, and I think this kind of sums up you know Coach Gibson um, because you know obviously both of you guys you know were you know, highly recruited and had a lot of attention on you. And I think it would have been super easy for you guys to become um, conceited and selfish. And, and, you know, he um, went, went, was, was, was harder on y'all than, than I think even the other guys, because, because of that, right. 
And I remember one, one, uh, it was the year we won state in 19. Uh, we had a Wednesday morning practice and we came in and I don't know if you remember this landing, but he had uh, the offensive coaches rank because, you know, we're a smaller school. You guys played both sides of the ball and you guys played D end and tight end. And he had the offensive coaches rank our offensive linemen. Do you remember this from like one to 10 or something? Um, not sure. And well, so I, I sorry, I'll, I'll refresh your memory. Um, I, I might have blocked it out too if I was, okay. but it was one through 10, and they had you ranked as the number 10th offensive lineman. And, and I, he, he made that big deal about that. And then the number one kid was like this, uh, you know, Chris Druin, who was like a five foot six, you know, 160 pound kid. Um, but just he, he went really hard. And, mm-hmm. and so I remember that, like, man, this dude is like, like he's, he's going after these guys. Like he's not letting them, you know, he's not letting them off easy because most coaches I think would be like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's, it's good enough. You know, it's fine. Yep. They're really good on the defensive side of the ball that it's okay. If they're not, they're not great on offense. And the, the whole point was, it's not your, your ability. It was just, you know, at that, at, at that point, you weren't going as hard on that, on that side of the ball. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we needed you to. And so I just remember that and, and being, you know, obviously, thinking that was awesome. But I think the big thing was, was how you responded to that. And it wasn't like, you know, oh, coach is tripping or he's hating on me or whatever. That was, that was the thing I was most proud of is how you responded. And then obviously things turned out the way they did. We end up going and, and, and winning the state championship because of that. So I, I just always thought that that was cool. And, that, and that's, that's, again, Coach Gibson continues to do that, um, is, is be really hard on those guys who get a lot of the publicity and a lot of the you know, a lot of a lot of the praise heaped upon him. Like he's he doesn't give those guys an out. Um, and so I guess, you know, did 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 it take you some time to sort of get used to that or did you embrace that? How did you how did you handle that most of the time? Uh, are you talking about you're talking about like the whole having yeah, just I yeah, just Coach Gibson coming after you. Cause you know, like if you go out there half step, like he's going to say something to you, he's gonna come yeah. at you. Yeah, now he always one thing Gibson's always used to told Coach Gibson always used to told me was uh, that he's always gonna push guys like me, Marcus, Nick, Tory, a little bit harder because he knows that the the rest of the guys on the team, I mean the team goes as we go, you know. So he knows he's pushing us this hard. This will make the other guys want to work to be right there with us. So that's the biggest reason he always told me he used to always be a little extra hard on me was for that reason so yeah yeah and and i think you know obviously when, when the other guys on the team see that then mm-hmm. you know they know that that everyone's being held to the same standard right there's, yep, not, there's exactly. not a different set of rules for you and, and nick and landon and mm-hmm. you know these other guys so um marcus talk about that some things that you learned you know playing here at pleasant grove and and how those things have helped you or continue to help you now uh, in college Uh, you know how I mentioned uh, the, the my whole mindset on football changed when I got to high school. You know, got in the locker room, built those relationships, and uh, those relationships, you know, started in that coach's office. Like, you know, they gonna they gonna stress it to us. You know, these bonds not gonna be broken after you know y'all graduate. Like, y'all gonna know each other forever. Like, build that relationship. It's gonna help us win. It's gonna help us, you know, play better on the field. All of that. So, that was the biggest thing coming out of high school for sure. Was like knowing that when the team has a great bond. It's gonna take you farther than you can imagine, and that mm-hmm. was, you know, something I definitely paid attention to the second go around, you know, uh, 
at Indiana, you know, Coach Allen, his, his thing is uh, LEO, which means, you know, love everybody. And uh, and that's something, you know, I, I definitely wanted to uh, look for in school. And that's something, you know, we did at PG. So that was the biggest thing, you know. It was always us, we, and not I. So, you know, so Coach Gibson was definitely a, a huge part in that, for sure. And so then uh, both of you guys had significant injuries that that really hampered the end of your career. Obviously, Marcus, the summer before your senior year, um, you tear your Achilles in summer workouts, uh, thought maybe there was a chance that you could come back at the end of the uh, end of that season, but it didn't work out. Landon, um, it was the week of the LE game and you, you know, you broke your foot. And so um, we had, well, I guess, what, maybe two district games left or something. So you weren't you weren't there for the playoffs. Um, and so it was really, uh, you know, a crushing thing for for that our team that year to have both of you guys standing on the sideline, you know, as we as we go into the playoffs. But, you know, obviously, you know, that sucked the way that it happened. But I know for Marcus, for sure, because, you know, you were hurt longer and you I mean, you went into the season knowing you weren't playing. And so I think you really kind of took on that mentality of a coach. And I think that to me, I think that helped you mature and sort of see things from our perspective. So talk about that and some things you learned through that injury and and what 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 what's some lessons you learned from just that whole experience of being injured your senior year. Yeah, for sure. That that made me view uh the whole game differently. Just, you know, knowing that that that, that next season or that next play is not guaranteed, you know, changed my whole outlook on the Football is a sport, but you know I I enjoyed being around those guys every day. It killed me every single day. I walked in there not being able to suit up and go to war with them. But like you said, like that made me grow a different kind of love for those for you know everybody playing on the field. Like they out there going to war for me, and I'm not even you know you know by their side on the field with them. So that just that that definitely grew on the relationships things, and uh, you know it made me feel special because like you know I I didn't expect to be listened to, but. You know, not one guy on that team, you know, ever gave me a cold shoulder. If I said something, you know, they're going to be like, they're going to listen. They're going to take the advice. And, and that's the same way. Like, they say something to me, I'm going to take their advice. I ain't going to give them a cold shoulder or nothing like that. Yeah, that definitely opened my eyes. That was that was probably one of the worst years of my life right there. Was being, being on that sideline, watching them play without me. But, you know, it is what it is. It happened. I'm, I'm glad to be back on the field now. Yeah, I mean that was just a that was a challenging year. Obviously, we're coming off of winning the state championship. We got a bunch of dudes coming back, you know, um, and, and but you know we were coming out of COVID and, and and being shut down, and we finally got you know it didn't look like we were even gonna have a season. And so then we have a season, and then um, which you know obviously you get hurt, and and just a lot of things didn't go our way that year. And then of course, Landon gets hurt there at the end. Um, and, and and yeah, I think that's right. I think it's you know you just you just learn that you can't take things for granted and nothing's guaranteed. I mean, if if you know, no one thought when you're holding the uh, defensive MVP trophy for that state championship game in '19 that that's the last time you'd ever put a uniform on, you know, yeah. for for Pleasant Grove. And and when I when you think about that, it's it's kind of uh, oh man, you know, it's just it it, it kind of makes me emotional because you just think you have all this time and that 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 you know, there's, there's, there's another play, there's another game, but man, just like that, it was taken away Landon. And, you know, similarly, it kind of happened again for you too. I know you had, a, you had a couple of different injuries that you had to come back from and in, uh, in your high school career, but that last one, I know had to be, you know, especially I'd say what painful cause, but, but, you know, I mean, it 
to, to not be able to, to finish your, your, um, your senior year uh, because you're hurt. Like just talk about that experience and, and how you grew from that. I uh, just overall made me become a better man. I mean, made me just realize there's more to life than football. And during that period of time, that's really when I built a closer relationship with my, my family and started appreciating my family and friends and everybody more and stopped worrying about me so much, you know? And in the long run, it really, it really made me just appreciate every time I get to step out there on the practice field. Like just last week I was, I mean, I, I had a lift or something. I was just tired. Didn't want to wake up for the lift. And I, I literally just thought to myself, I was like, man, I don't know like why you're being like this. You know, you know, you wouldn't want to be doing nothing else, you know? So, I mean, every day whenever I go out to practice, but if I'm not like just in the mood and I'm not feeling ready, I, I get myself amped up and I'm like, I could be over there with just during our practices. We have like the, the injured guys working with the strength staff, this and that. So I'll just, I mean, I, if I ever get that kind of mood to where I'm like, man, I'm tired of being out here, this, this or that, I'll look over there and be like, I could be in their position right now. I'm not even able to step foot out here and enjoy it. Yeah, it's um, I I um, you know, I, I talk about this a lot when when people ask you know how I got to to Pleasant Grove because you know we 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 moved across the state and and it was not something I was necessarily looking to do. But you guys know where I talk about how convincing Coach Gibson can be when he gets something in his mind. And uh, I remember, you know, they're they're talking to me about this job here that's opening up. They sent me here's here was this here was the selling point. Okay, I get a picture of you two guys on your on your visit to to uh, Alabama, and they said, "Hey, here here's your position group. These guys are only going to be juniors." And so I was like, "All right, well, where do I sign?" And you know, you get there, and and to have you two guys and Tori, you know, Tori showed up that that summer, um, who for basically looks like you, Marcus, you know, and then we have Cam, and then we had Jamie. Tamir and just a bunch of, had had so much depth and then obviously we had Nick as an outside backer and and you know it, it was just a, it was crazy you know all those guys and and you think you just you think that we're going to have two years together and we're going to go in you know back to back state championships and and it's all going to be great and then you know just it doesn't always work out that way uh definitely taught me that that you can't take those things for granted and you know just how special it was that 19 season because, um, you know, we thought that we could maybe go back and recapture that again the next year. And it just it didn't happen that way because of a lot of different things. Right. Because, again, we talked about covid and injuries and things like that. So definitely, uh, you know, teaches you to, that, that you have to um, find joy in, in those moments. Like you talked about landing, even those days when you don't really want to be out there because it can be taken away from you just like that. All right. So now I do want to move in and let's let's talk about some defensive line stuff. You know, I always talk to you all when you come back and you're coming back in here and visiting I'm like, man, tell me about some drills that y'all are doing or something that you got going on or what are they telling you? Because, you know, I'm just interested and curious in, in what you guys are learning up there. So go back to, and you can talk about whether it be at LSU landing or at Arkansas or Marcus at A&M or, 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 or at uh, Indiana, like what was the biggest thing when you got to college, like that you thought you were good at when it came to playing football and, and specifically playing uh, up front, but that you weren't, really ready for so Landon uh, we'll start with you what was something that you're like oh oh oh, shoot I'm not I'm not 
maybe quite as prepared in this area as I thought I was? I'd say my initial strike and like using my hands more, you know, like not just in the past game. I mean, literally like every, every down, not just using my, just me being bigger, you know, but me actually striking them, shed, I mean, peeking, shedding, just little stuff like that, that even at LSU, we, we work, I mean, in our indie drills, we're striking a sled, striking our, one of our teammates something every day, just working all that. And not say, I mean, really just using my hands more. And that's the biggest thing we really work. And then using our hands, pad level. I mean, half the time when we're striking the sled, well, half the time when we're striking the, the sleds, we're under, I guess, yeah, the shoot. And then uh, besides those, besides my strike and pad level, I'd say opening your hips is something you use quite often. I mean, that we we work it on bags, barrels, everything, just about every day. Yeah, and and you know, coaches who are listening to this are are shaking their heads because those are you know, those are the fundamentals of defensive line that yeah. you try to get kids to buy into. But they're like, nah, coach, I'm just trying to go make some plays, dog. And you're like, okay, well, none of that happens if if you don't have a great punch. You know, you got to be able to have all those things like you're talking exactly. about. Now, for you guys, and and I know, remember, this is the conversations we used to have. Is like sometimes when you're as talented as you are at the high school level, especially at a 4A level, your ability almost becomes your enemy, right? Because you're so good, you can do stuff without necessarily the best technique because, you know, you're just faster. Like you're just going to get, you're just going to run around somebody or you're just going to whatever, just run through somebody without any, you know, and maybe your technique is, isn't as great. Um, so yeah, I, 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 that's, I think that's awesome. It's just that it, those fundamental things are things that, that, you know, again, high school guys sort of take for granted that you got to be really good at if you want to be a great defensive lineman. What about you, Marcus? What was something that I guess you kind of um, had to, uh, had to learn quickly or maybe you didn't feel as, as you were pre as prepared for as you would have liked to have been? Uh, definitely the same thing, uh, you know, getting off striking. Uh, like you said, you know, it's, it's probably some coaches shaking their head. And that's the thing, you know, you hear repeatedly, repeatedly in high school. And, like, I'm not going to say it's not sticking in, but it's kind of not because, you know, I'm out there making plays. But I'm hearing y'all say these things. Like, I'm going to be like, all right, he's saying that, but I'm making my plays. So why does it matter? So that was the little things, you know, that that kind of <laughs> that kind of stuck over when I uh, got to college, and it's it's a whole different ball game. You you can strike, but if you don't you don't know how to set a block, you're not gonna make that play. So it don't matter. Like every little step, every little thing counts. So you gotta you know you gotta put all that to use. Yeah, when you get to, when you get to school and all those dudes are the same size as you, suddenly it's like, oh shoot, okay, um, I better start using some technique. Um, so Marcus, I'll stick with you on that note. What was, what was something you felt like, um, you know, maybe you weren't, didn't feel this, uh, you know, the first day you stepped on campus or whatever, but you know, that you felt like you were pretty good at it. Maybe you had a, maybe a step on, uh, other guys in your position group on, but maybe, you know, maybe it was, maybe it was your speed or quickness or pass rush or whatever it was. What, what was something there that you felt really good about? Uh, definitely, you know, I feel like, me moving, transitioning, and tackle. I think, I think the speed did pay uh, a big part of me. Uh, you know, switching positions. I felt a lot quicker until I, you know, got to the weight I needed to be and gained my weight. But yeah, I mean, it's it's different steps to pass rush. I do feel like certain parts of my pass rush, I, 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 and 
I just think I was the best at pushing my hips, but you know, I'm gonna use my hands. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work and move. It's just, it's so many steps that go in, but like, you could be good at the first part of it. Have you got the the last part of it down? And that's, that's why I kind of made that transition. Because like I said, Marcus, I think that California Wi-Fi is starting to uh, cut out on you a little bit. Landon, while, while Marcus is coming back to us, I'll throw it over to you. So, what was something? I, I have a pretty good idea of what, what you might say here just from, from knowing you and coaching, but what were some things you felt like you were pretty good at from the jump when you got to college? I'd say uh, really my, my get-off would be my biggest thing, just using my speed and getting off. And uh, I don't remember. There were, I, I mean, honestly, my tackling, now I think about it, my tackling was something that I came out of high school and at LSU, that was probably my best thing. And then, honestly, as I moved on to Arkansas, I've kind of laid off of it, this and that. And that's something I still need to work. I mean, you always got to work on your tackling, you know. But I'd say my get off and then my, I mean, rap, making sure I'm wrapping up, I guess, uh, as y'all would call it, a hawk tackle. <laughs> so, I mean, just those. my get off was always my, what I was uh, best at, so. Yeah, that's that's what I would have said. Is just that first step and getting off, getting off the ball. I mean, and that's that's uh, that's something that's hard to teach and hard to coach. And uh, when you have someone who's who's really good at that, then that means uh, it makes your job as a coach a lot easier. Okay, so um, we we've we talked about that now. So now for both of you guys and Landon, I'll just stick with you. You know, you, you like we talked about at the top of this. You're in the middle of of spring ball. Um, so as you finish out spring ball and you get into the summer, you know, what are, what are one or two things defensive line wise that you really want to improve on before next season? I'd say my, some of my pass rush moves. That's honestly something you, that, and then you're, I mean, like I said earlier, your initial strike are two things you always want to be working on, you know? So I just want to really work on my pass rush more and work on working at the edge of a guy more so than, worrying about running too high, you know? So that that's my biggest thing, working on pass rush moves this summer before fall camp comes. Do you have uh, do you have like a favorite move and a counter move or, or something that you're working on? What is it? I'm, I'm trying to perfect my cross chop right now. <laughs> and it did, some guys you'll look like crap with it and then other guys you'll look great with doing it. So it just depends who you're going against. And my, my thing is I'm just trying to perfect that and then perfect my uh my spin on my counter because i mean it, that's another that's one thing it's a it's a big risk risk to spin because you never know when that guard's going to come out of nowhere and put you out so i mean just working on my spin and being aware during that and knowing the times when you can work a move like that and then that's yeah that's the two biggest things so marcus for you you know heading into spring ball or, in, you know, in the middle of now you're in spring ball. Um, so for, for this spring and, and as you go into the summer, what are some things you're wanting to work on and get better at before next season? Uh, I say just consistency. I every D lineman in America, you know, has the ability to, you know, go out there and, and do the right thing. But it's, it's, it's more so how long and how consistent you can do the right thing. And, uh, I know I struggle sometimes is is staying, uh, playing 100% every time, you know, doing the right thing every time. So that little thing right there, 
can set you so far apart from others. Just being able to stay in your gut every time or, or you know, make the right passes every time, read, read your keys every time. So definitely consistency on the field. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll all be watching and, and uh, making notes and, and be looking for uh, Landon's cross chop and his, and his counter spin and, and Mark Dog being more consistent on the field. So now we're going to get into the, uh, the fun part of this thing and um, ask you some rapid fire questions, you know, maybe debate a little bit uh, and, and, and uh, before we close this thing out. So uh, here we go. Y'all, y'all, uh, y'all ready for this part? Sir. Okay. All right. So I don't remember this from when y'all were here, but you may have these, but um, are you superstitious when it comes to game day? And if so, what are, what are like your game day superstitions? Or maybe it's like a routine that you have to do. And, and Lana, we'll start with you. What are your game day superstitions or is there a routine that you have to do, you know, in order to get right before a game? Yeah, I know. I know that this might sound very weird to y'all, but, uh, I can't listen to music on game day. Like I won't listen. I, I did it back in high school, but since I've been in college, I just can't listen to music on game day. Rather, like even if we're, I'd say uh, I'll always bring my headphones because like on the bus and on the plane, I'll like watch a movie, but I, I won't listen to music on trips at all. And then also I have to wear the same the same type of cleats. So. All right. So is this the same cleats or just same type? Yeah. Like a lot. No, no. Like a lot of guys on the team, like they wear, uh, like they have their about two pairs of practice cleats, two different pairs of game cleats. I have to wear the same exact, like just one pair of cleats, practice game all throughout the season. So, so even if they like, what if you know the bottom blows off or you know something, then what? I'm just hoping just... it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, no. all right, and and no music. Okay, all right, yeah. Mark Dog, what you got? Uh. That's a good question. I think my biggest thing, it's probably not a game day thing, but I, before every game, like, I got to make sure, like, my nails and my toenails is clipped short enough to, like, well, this goes to sound crazy, but I can't, but I can't go into the game with low nails and low toenails because you might not think something. That joint hurt, you know, being on your feet all day, man. Use your hands all day, your nails and your toenails. You got to make sure that's right before getting, getting on the field for sure. Hey, I think this is like, I don't even know what episode we're on now at this point, like 140 something. Never heard that in my life. Uh, <laughs> fingernails and toenails clip. Do you go get manicure and pedicure or do you do it yourself? No, 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 no. It ain't that intense, but okay. I'm going to clip my nails. Okay. Let's say that you getting a manicure pedicure i'd take most of your monthly stipend away right there just just because you know they'll charge you triple uh, things okay um all right next question here uh and we'll just stick with you marcus all right uh so you you spent two years in the sec what was the most hostile environment you played in in college uh, up to this point obviously i think you guys do you guys go to michigan this year y'all got michigan at home oh that's a good one i want to say I want to say we go to no no they come in here we go to uh, but, Purdue this year. But do y'all go to okay? Do y'all and y'all don't play Ohio State this year? That's the first game of the season. Oh, that's right, that's right. Is that is that at Ohio State? <laughs> uh, no, nah, they come to us. Okay, okay, all right. So maybe after this year or you know next couple of years you'll have a different answer. But what's the most hostile environment you played in up to this point? Right now, I want to say. 
Ah, that's tough. He's either Auburn or Bama for sure. Uh, I like Auburn a lot. I feel like they got some really, you know, diehard fans. Even though, you know, last season they didn't have the season they wanted, they they went through a lot. And the, the fact that they was all there, you know, supporting their team, going crazy, it, it was kind of kind of intimidating. Then Bama for sure. I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. You got Nick Saban coming out to DMX, whole team behind. Like, I mean, it's a crazy vibe. I I loved it. It was a great experience. You know, uh, some I'm for sure tell my kids about like, hey, you know, oh Nick Saban, we played him that day in, in his stadium. We didn't win, but uh, we won the year before for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and we hadn't even talked about that. You, you were part of that. Um, you know, when 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 you guys uh, beat uh, Alabama at home, and and um, you know, all the uh, the aftermath of that was was awesome. I know for for y'all. So, uh, Landon, what's been the most hostile environment you've played in up to this point? I'd say uh, Mississippi State's a big one because they got the. I mean, it's a smaller stadium, and they got those cowbells that they just ring the whole time, nonstop. And that it's just aggravating. It's not even that they're just crazy or nothing. It's just the whole time you're just hearing cowbells ringing. And then A&M game was a pretty hostile environment in, in um, at Jerry's World. So I enjoyed that one a lot. And then one that might stick out to you is Kentucky. My freshman year at LSU was pretty intense. Yeah, that's surprising. I would not have would not have thought that. Um, and I forgot that you guys actually. You know, y'all, y'all were, um, you know, obviously I, I mentioned the the A and M game uh, this this year, Landon, when, when talking <laughs> to you, and and um, you know, forgot that you guys were on the field together there, and and remember thinking that was really cool because obviously it's in Jerry's world. You guys had a, had some experiences there together while you were here at Pleasant Grove, and so that had to be a really cool moment for you, um, just being able to to you know come back and and be on opposing sidelines for each other or, or against I'm sorry against each other. Um, okay, now that um, again, you guys are you know we talked about things that you're trying to work on and 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 improve on. Um, who's someone like like your favorite NFL defensive lineman that you like to watch or study or that that you uh, that that you enjoy watching or that you pull for? And I'll we'll start with you, Marcus. Uh, I think some. I mean, I think the obvious is choice is is Aaron Donald for sure. But you know, I like. I like Vita Vipsa, the guy, clogging holes. That's, ah, I I hate to say it, but like, you know, it's parts of his game is kind of what I model. I'm not kind of the whole thing, but he's a bigger guy. He's still moving crazy. So I don't know how much he weighs, but definitely Vita Vita. Uh, and Donovan Sue, somebody, I just like how, how nasty he is on the field for sure. That's kind of something I model my, myself after too. So them, them three is definitely my top three. All right, Landon, what, what about for you? I'd say the biggest person I, that's in the league right now that I study the most would probably be Max Crosby. He's been, I mean, playing very dominant. We have pretty, we have a pretty similar build, so I study him a lot. And then uh, also Nick Bosa, those two are probably the two biggest that I watch. Yeah, and and yeah, I, I would agree. You know, both of those guys, I, I would I would say. Yeah, I think it's interesting y'all picked, you know, with you saying Vita Vey, Marcus, and, and you saying Max Crosby, Landon. I, I do see similarities between, you know, between each of your games and those guys. And so it's interesting that you, um, you know, would, would gravitate towards those guys. Okay, so now here's the question that's going to get y'all in some trouble. Um, and, and you may have to uh, lay low the next time you come back to Texarkana. So here's what I want. You know, I asked this question last time we had Pleasant Grove guys on. 
Um, I think I might have asked them top four, but I'll open it up and let y'all say top five. Who do you think, and this didn't have to be in any kind of particular order, but the top five players that come through Pleasant Grove, and and you can't obviously pick yourself, um, although Marcus, I know you pick yourself number one, but so so you can't pick you can't pick yourself or or each other. So like you know, I'm, I'm gonna pick Marcus or I'm gonna pick Landon. like without you know you take take each other out of it. Top five players. Who wants to go first on this one? I'll go first. All right, Landon's Landon's got it. Go ahead. Okay, you always got to start with Lucas Walker because he's made it the furthest out of any mm-hmm. anybody that came out of Pleasant Grove. So you got to put you you have to put him in there, and then uh, Chauncey's in there, definitely. I mean, I haven't seen many people play like him before. Um, I'm personally going to put Zay in there because he was kind of my mentor coming up a little bit, and then uh, Nick can't forget Nick, <laughs> and then <laughs> trying to stay away from D. I'm trying Ben, Ben, <laughs> yep, Ben's the fifth. All right, so I I I, um, I I don't I don't think you'd get a whole lot of pushback from that, and I actually think Landon, I, I need to go back and listen, but I think yours are pretty close to what TK said, because um, okay. he did. I know he said Ben. I don't know if he said Waka, but I think he said Chauncey, um, and Zay and Nick. Because I said, so you're telling me that Oklahoma State in the same position room has has two of PG's top five football players, and he's like, yeah. So, um, you know, because obviously both of them are playing linebacker at Oklahoma State right now. So just to recap, we have Waka, uh, Chauncey, who's playing at my alma mater right now. Um, and then we have, uh, you said, Luke, Zay. Coach Walker. Yeah, yeah, Walker, yeah. Ben, Walker Nick. yeah, Nick, Zay, and um, yeah, uh, who am I? Oh, and Chauncey. Ben. Okay. All right, and, and Ben. Yeah, all right. Um, okay. That's a, I, I, I don't have a problem with that list. Marcus, what, what, what you got? Uh, I'd say I definitely got to put, you know, Zay Benz in there. Kind of the same reason as Landon. He was kind of that guy that we looked up to coming in the high school. So definitely Zay. Ooh, uh, Chauncey, same reason again. He was, he was just a different breed. You know, seeing that coming out of middle school was crazy. He running over cats on the field. Uh, God, this is where it's gonna get. This is where it's gonna get tough. I gotta put Walker because obviously he saved the the farthest, did the most out of anybody. You know, that's coming out. Uh, uh God, give me uh, give me TJ, TJ Cole. He was, he was, you know, a game changer for sure. Ooh, that last one, <laughs> that last one, I'm gonna have to say. It's coming down to two for sure. It's it's either Nick and, and Cam Wells, but I don't know which which one to pick. Okay. Uh, since Landon is a Cam Wells, I'm gonna say Cam Wells. Okay. And, uh, lead Nick out of it. Don't get me wrong, Nick was a baller for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna, and that's why I capped it at five, and and because you're gonna leave. I mean, y'all didn't say Antonio Graves. Um, and and I know yeah, uh, he was, I, I was wanting to say him, but I couldn't put him and Ben both in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 there were some more. I know what those other guys said that were. I even think that that I didn't wasn't necessarily familiar with because they were they were back when those guys were kids and that they remember growing up. And um, but yeah, I think that's that's a good list. I don't think okay. So yeah, I think y'all are okay. Y'all can come back and um, <laughs> sure, you know, 
TK is probably gonna have something to say about getting left off of there, uh, off of both of your lists. But ah, um, yeah. anyway, um, <laughs> well, uh, hey guys, listen, I want I want to thank y'all so much for uh, for coming on, and you know this is awesome. Uh, it's 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 really cool to be able to uh, to catch up with y'all and and see you guys doing well. And obviously, I think the world of you and have so much respect and love for you. And I uh, just want to uh, thank you guys for just being great examples and 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 being the dudes that we can still today point to in our program as guys who are doing it the right way and who who did it the right way and and sort of paving the way for these guys now that we have. And so obviously wish you guys the best of luck. And again, I want to thank you so much for, for joining me today. Appreciate yeah, you for having us. Thanks again to Landon and Marcus for joining me today. I, I really enjoyed getting to catch up with those guys and so happy for them and, and just can't say enough about just, just about them and the kind of dudes that they are. I mean, uh, you know, seriously, I've never been around um, you know, high school guys uh, who use their platform the way that those guys did. They went to more little league games and, you know, kids' birthday parties or just other community events. Um, that they, you know, they went to when they were here just because either they wanted to, or maybe a parent uh, of one of the kids asked them. And of course they, they, you know, were, were more than willing to show up and, and hang out with the kids. And so, uh, they're just always willing to do stuff like that. And it was, it was super special to be around those guys. And I of course will always be huge fans of theirs. So, uh, make sure you give both Landon and Marcus a follow on Twitter. You can find them, you can find Landon at Landon Jackson 40. And you can find Marcus at Marcus Burris 8. Uh, that's Burris with two R's, B-U-R-R-I-S, and then the number 8. Give them a follow on Twitter and let them know you heard them here on KYPD. Our quote of the day goes like this. Pride is concerned with who is right. Humility is concerned with what is right. And with that, we will put a wrap on this episode of KYPD. If you like what you heard, go back and check out any of our previous 147 episodes and be on the lookout for new episodes coming your way this season. Until then, have a great week. And in the words of Landon and Marcus, always remember, keep your pads down. down.